Hello, and welcome to the brand new Teamsters Local 533 podcast, brought to you by the Local 533 out of Reno, Nevada. We're here with... Ross Kinson. Jason Sarmiento. Marcelo Pecorini. And Esli Velez-Perez. Now, Ross, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What's going on? My name is Ross Kinson. I'm a business agent here with Local 533. I just recently became a business agent. I've been in position for about six months. Uh, was a shop steward before that over at UPS. And I've really learned a lot in this last six months. And this has been something that we've been looking forward to doing. This podcast, um, sitting here with you guys and, you know, bringing knowledge to the people. What about you, Jason? All right, everybody. Jason Sarmiento. Um, I started UPS about 10 years ago. Went through the building, the warehouse, and became a driver shortly after becoming a driver, getting involved with the union, became a steward, and just started trying to hold everybody accountable, make everything better for members, and trying to get some more information out to everybody, started the podcast, and see what we can get out to you guys. My name is Marcelo Pecorini. Uh, I've been at UPS since 02. Um, I spent my time as a steward, did about six years with that. I had some ups and downs with the union over my time. I'm now part of the leadership committee. Um, I'm happy with the direction things are going right now. Uh, wanted to jump on board and support what we got going. We got a lot of young people in the union, very active. So I think it's a good time to get people information, get people signed up with the union, get some unity going with us, some solidarity, and uh, just be a part of the momentum. All right. My name is Esli Velez-Perez. I've been with UPS since 2007. And where I'm at right now in the locals, I've been more active, especially now that we've been seeing a lot of older people start retiring. I felt like I have enough knowledge to give it to some of these younger folks that could use it in their day-to-day um, life. Um, I'm pretty uh, much known for the guy who likes to play dumb, which I don't. I just don't know what sometimes some of these people are talking about. Damn straight. <laughs> Damn straight. Um, that's about it for that's, me. That's about it. That's about it. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think we've got a, a group of guys here that are super knowledgeable. I think we got a group of guys here who have a ton of uh, stuff to give, and that's what we're hoping to do with this podcast. So, um, you know, kind of what I want to ask each one of you is what are you looking to offer to the people by doing this podcast? I'll take that one. Uh, Jason here, first off. Uh, over the last couple of years, we've really stepped up as stewards and figured out what's going on within work and management relationships and how many people don't know what they're supposed to be doing, um, The what they're supposed to be doing as far as work and what's expected of them, what's expected of their management team. And we've been sharing as much information as anybody listens. So here's just another way to reach out and get people the information they need. Oh, yeah. What about you? Definitely over 
smart solo again over our time um at ups we got a lot of fresh drivers coming in people with low seniority uh they don't really know anything about the contract about the procedure um there's a lot of ignorant people for lack of a better word and uh we we're just trying to get people on the same page um there's certain locals that we hear about you know out in california a lot of strong locals good things happening and uh, people always wonder, well, why can't we do that in Reno? And uh, we have all the ingredients here, but the issue is people aren't participating. Uh, Nevada is a right-to-work state, which gives us different dynamics. Uh, I know we're going to get into that a little bit more down the road. But, uh, you know, we have the opportunity to, to be together on this. Uh, we have the opportunity to fight as hard as they do to have some of the benefits and the, the flow of your day to day go the same way. We just uh, need to get the information to people. And if it's us bumbling on a podcast, that's going to help people, then so be it. I think you're absolutely right. I think, mm-hmm. you know, being in a right to work state actually makes it so that we as a union have an opportunity to be even stronger than the unions in California, because we have to work even harder to make sure that our membership is happy. Um, you know, you guys are going to hear through the course of this podcast about a lot of the things that this local does, um, to make sure that our members are taken care of, to make sure that they get all the extra perks, um, that through, whether it's through, you know, local partnerships that we have, or whether it's through, you know, dedicated stewards who really know their shit. Um, we're, we're working really hard to try and rebuild a better union to make sure that this union is here long after we're gone and to make sure that we leave it better than we found it. That's, that's really good, Ross. For Um, sure. You know, we just had uh, somebody who's been a steward for a long time pop in the office and they were talking to us about, you know, let's not forget about the people who paved the way for us. There's been a lot of folks who, you know, off the top of my head who have been there for years, fought hard for things, 22, three rights, full-time position, people getting hours, supervisors working. And, uh, you know, that doesn't need to die with the last generation. You know, we got to keep that going. That is true. And most of it has to come with knowledge. A lot of these new guys come in, they've probably never worked for a union, you know, company based. Um, they don't know. Oh, I could grieve them. What's that? It's like how they like to write you up for every little thing you do wrong. So imagine us being able to write them up for when they violate the contract. It's not the hardest thing to follow. Right. Because we have to follow it as well. So especially reminding the newer generation that if you are going to file grievances, remember, you got to follow the contract too. Because they're going to look at you and say... Well, this is what you're doing wrong, since you want to point out what we're doing wrong. Accountability. And a lot of the OGs knew that. So they were able to clean up their act. So when they went after management, management looked at them and said, we got nothing. I've heard, I've heard recently from a couple of stewards inside the building that there's a lot of new people who don't have any knowledge And I'm really hoping that through this podcast, through this medium, we can reach out to a lot of those younger, newer folks 
and let them know that they have rights. We have a contract. We have a collective bargaining agreement yeah. with UPS. And, and it's not just with UPS. Through all of our uh, different barns here within this local, they all have rights. And so for any of these new people who are listening to this, if, if you are feeling intimidated, coerced, or harassed by management, you have an obligation, not just a right, but an obligation to reach out to, man, to uh, management via a steward and let them know that you're putting them on blast, that they're not able to do this. But I think a lot of people come in and they don't know what a union is. And so hopefully we uh, get a little chance to educate them on that. Accountability um, is a two-way street. You know, our contract was negotiated by both sides of the table and if the company felt that that was going to benefit them as well, then it's not like, oh, we're up against management. We're going after them. It's more the mentality of, hey, this is the rules we set forward, and this is going to benefit all parties. We got uh, we got some visions to go with that. We got we want all our members to be more knowledgeable, which means to be more active, and. Um, with being more active, they're going to be better Teamsters. One of the big things that we deal with with our management is different kinds of tactics. They act like they're out here on the deadliest catch, going fishing all the time. <laughs> we want to stop that. So we want um, our good assets that we have, stewards, to act better, our business agents to act better, just strengthen all around. Um, uh, as earlier said, we have a lot of – people not the best union background so we just want to let them understand what the union has done for them what their job is what their pay is what their benefits are so and make members understand that the company just doesn't want you to have those what it took to put those in place for you and then um we have a couple short long-term goals just mainly let you guys know, hopefully resulting in more dues-paying members. Let the local do more for everybody. That's good. One thing to remember is once we give something away in a contract, we never get it back. Once we negotiate something away, we won't get it back. So, four. <clears throat> so all these things, all these things that we have in place that members don't use that want to argue, I don't want to take my lunch. I don't want to do this. You're going to give UPS the opportunity to say, look, I mean, your employees obviously don't want this. Why do we have it here? I think one of the things that we're going to talk about later on down the road is the grievance procedure and why that's so important. I see a lot of newer um, members coming in and you look at them and you say, do you want a chance to earn $500? And their eyes light up. And they go, yeah, absolutely, how? And you go back and you say, all you got to do is grieve that supervisor working over there. You go, oh, well, you know, that, that supervisor is pretty nice. And, and they're just trying to help out. But the, the damage that can be done with that kind of mentality is that slowly but surely when it comes to the the time that we get to negotiate our contracts, they're going to say, well, I mean, that supervisor working grievance clause in the, in your uh, contract, 
you're not using it. So what's the point of having it there? And all of a sudden, that power that we have to hold management accountable, it's getting peeled back and peeled back. So if we don't stand strong and actually grieve things that are grievable under the contract, it is far easier for us to lose them. I agree. I agree. One of the things is you guys got to remember, management's not your friend when they're at work. They have an obligation to feel. They have a boss telling them what to do. Correct. I show up to work. I'm showing up to make money. I'm not here to make friends. If I make friends along the way, awesome. So be it. But I always keep that in the back of my mind. Their management. You don't buy a pet tiger and sleep with it. Because at the end of the day, it's still a tiger. And you just don't know at any moment, any moment, it could just snap. And the moment that they're pushed up against the wall by their boss, guess what? They're no longer your friend. You're their scapegoat. So if you don't want to grieve a supervisor working, because, hey, that guy's pretty cool. We've kicked it outside of work. Okay, cool. But he's violating the contract. I don't care who it is. It could be the CEO. I could see her push a box. I would grieve it. Because guess what? She's not a teamster. And it's teamster work. So those are some of the things you guys got to remember. Is at the end of the day, it's about putting food on your plate. When you go home to your kids, making sure they're taken care of. Because that supervisor you failed to grieve, if he went and dropped off some food to your house so you could eat, let me know. And I'll take back what I said. But they don't care about what's on your plate, right? It's- Absolutely. Uh, something that you brought up about, you know, if you give them the opportunity, you know, you give them enough rope to hang you with, you know, eventually they will. And it comes down to, you know, being a clean driver for us and our craft, you know, following the rules, doing what's right. Um, you know, we have plenty of examples of management is out there watching you. They are out there video recording you. And if you're doing the right thing, what are you going to be held accountable with? Where's their rope to hang you with? Team, teamsters. That's, that's what we're here to talk about. What's that word mean to you guys? Teamsters for me, especially since I've come into the business agent role is a way to hold management accountable for their actions in the year 2021 the teamsters are changing rapidly and the companies that the teamsters help represent are changing rapidly so but our core mission has never never changed it is giving workers rights to be able to stand up to management to be able to ask for good pay to be able to ask for lunches to be able to ask to go and take a bathroom break without having to piss in a bottle. We're not Amazon and we're never going to be. Um, that's really well put Ross, uh, for me, uh, being a teamster, what that means to me is it's a brotherhood. I feel like so many workplaces have negative environments, but I feel as a teamster, you're supposed to trust one another. And we don't have that sometimes. 
So when you come up to me and say, hey, man, my daughter has a ballet class tomorrow. I'm feeling calling in because I got to go to her ballet class. As a teamster, that stays between me and you. That's not leaving me. I'm not going to go in that office and say, so-and-so called in because he wanted to go see his daughter's ballet class. No, he has entitlements. Let him do what he has to do. But that's what being a teamster means to me, is standing up for what you believe in in the workplace, a fair work environment, especially in corporations such as UPS, billion-dollar companies who rather keep billions in their pockets and pay you as little as possible. We got to make sure that we're putting up the good fight. Better not bigger, right? I agree. I agree. Yeah, exactly. What Esley's saying, you know, I've seen that put into practice, but rarely. Um, Some of the old school drivers, you know, out on the route I'm out on now, I actually had a driver call me for the first time in my career. Hey, man, how you looking out there? How you doing? You know, can I come and take 15 stops off of you? Can I come and take 20 stops off of you? I've never seen that. This guy has seniority on me. I should be calling him. You know, but that's the old school mentality. And Esley's exactly right. What you're saying, brotherhood, you know, what does that mean? We talk about unity, solidarity, but what is that? You know, does that mean I'm going to go and report something to management that another driver is doing wrong? Absolutely not. You know, this is something that we encounter in our day-to-day work. Why are you telling on your brothers? You know, teamsters don't stab each other in the back. That's not how it should be. And this is the kind of culture that we need to change. I agree. I agree. Teamsters for me, first word that comes to mind is stability and um, a a future of success is what that means to me. There's been a lot of people in the past that have fought for what we have now, what we continue to have. And that's what we want for our kids and our grandkids is to be able to count on the same exact high standards that have been put forward for us. And we all want that stability at home and a good lifestyle and not have to worry about to tomorrow. And that's where we're at right now. Yeah, it's such a blessing, you know, that over the years, what everybody's fought for you know, we actually have a job where we can have a decent lifestyle, you know. I mean, you look at all the different kinds of work you can do out there, and you see people don't have pension. You know, they they don't have a lawyer fund. They can't call on a lawyer if they're going through a divorce. You know, Teamsters covers that kind of thing, and we're definitely going to be getting more into the benefits aspect of it. I agree. I agree. Um, One thing, too, to add to what you guys were saying is, you know, to bring us together, be able to reach out to one another. If you're on the route next to me and you need to be home because your daughter does have ballet and you want to go see it, sure, why not? I'll help you out because... What also comes with being a Teamster is we get paid really well. And if it means that you get to go see your daughter's ballet and I get a few more hours of overtime, whatever, so be it. But guess what? You got to go spend time with your family. And you know 
the gratitude, you be you be thankful. So you be willing to, hey, Ashley, you help me out. Let me know what I could do for you. Yeah, it comes back around. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, we all got to help each other out. Um, this any teamster job that there is, and there's lots of teamster jobs out there, but they're all difficult jobs. I think when you look at teamsters in general, the jobs that we do, the excellence that we provide is something that a lot of companies will overlook. A lot of companies look at the teamsters as a pain in their ass, a thorn in their side. But overall, when you think of shipping, you think of UPS. When you think of, uh, you know, here in Reno, who picks up your trash every day? Well, that's waste management. Those are Teamsters. Who drives our buses, our local transit? Those are Teamsters, right? Yeah. Who takes care of the airport? Those are Teamsters. So all of these jobs that keep Reno running those are teamster jobs and they are all held to a high standard because they know what they have. When you come in and you have healthcare and pension and paid time off, you, you know what that's like, because I'll tell you what, I talked about it before, but Amazon, you can go and work for Amazon and deliver packages for $15 an hour. You don't get a bathroom break. And you don't get paid sick days because guess what? You're a contract and contracted employee. You're not even, you don't even get, uh, you know, sick days, time That's off. That's FedEx too. Yeah. Contracted. Contracted. Yeah. But you still got to follow the policies. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Speaking about sick days, one thing that uh, a lot of friends, when I talk to them at their non-union jobs, they uh, be like, hey, you get your birthday off? Yeah. And the day after. I do. It's in case I want to party and I got a hangover the next day. And they they just look at me like, I never knew companies do that. They don't. But it was negotiated by the Teamsters. So guess what? Happy birthday. <laughs> Happy fucking birthday. <laughs> For real. You get your birthday and the day after paid for. Enjoy it. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's, it just can't be overspoken that when you have a union, when you have collective bargaining rights, companies have to listen to that. When you are in a position where there's a group of people collectively working together towards a common goal, we talk about this a lot, and you'll hear me rant and rave about this on this podcast if you uh, decide to listen. We hope you do. <laughs> a union is a group of people working together in the same direction towards the same goal. If we can all do that, we are going to be able to guarantee ourselves better contracts again and again and again so that by the time that we're ready to retire, our children still have a union. I agree. I agree. And one thing that's also important to say about a Teamster is Teamsters work. I don't know one lazy Teamster. I don't. Because Teamsters work. We show up every day. And we do the job. 
the uh, the the drop rate for new hires, since we're talking about UPS, the drop rate for new hires at UPS is astronomical. How many people are still working at UPS that were in your group, Jason? I got nobody left. Excellent. By the end of my first week, I was the last one standing. Same here. I was the last one. Well, I was hired so long ago. <laughs> there, you know, I came in with Toby's. Can Shaw. I throw out a name? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. My bad, my bad. Toby Straw. Shout out, Toby Straw. Uh, you know, he's still hanging tough. Um, there's a handful of guys from around my time. And the funny thing is we got paid less. Um, we did have a strong contract. It was after, you know, well after the strike happened. Um, but, yeah, people hung in there. And the funny thing is a lot of us, we didn't know when we were going to go driving. You know, it, it was talked about because it's all seniority through UPS, through the Teamsters. And uh, a lot of people were talking about, oh, it's going to take us five years to go drive. You know, it took me 12. And uh, like I said, we all hung in. Uh, a big handful of us hung in and we're full-time employees now. The the crazy thing is now you can go work part-time, what, a year, six months, and, and you're getting the call for full-time. That's right. It's pretty crazy. It's a weird time that we live in. It is. How long did it take you to go? It took me seven years. Yeah. It took me seven years. And when when I started back then, it was 885, like... 85. You got, you got beat up for very little. You got to yeah. miss out on a lot of... I started in high school, so I missed out on a lot of after-school events. Yeah. Just to go make... I work like four hours. Yeah. I, I made less than $50 a day. I remember my first, uh, what, three months there, I couldn't move my hands. They were just clenched shut. And, you know, you, but you do that for... The benefits. Yes. Uh, yeah, and that that's exactly my point. Okay, so you got guys that have to wait six months and they don't want to hang in for six months. Yeah. People oh, hung yeah. in for six years. I mean, what are we Double talking about? Double that for you, bud. Yeah, yeah. 12 years. What, what is going on? You know, they don't see what they have in front of them. And then what, you're going to go work at a different warehouse. Maybe if you get lucky, you get 18 bucks an hour. And a full time gig, what are what are you going to be doing ten years down the line? You hope to be the supervisor, Ooh. making twenty three bucks an hour. Oh, that's it. And this isn't to you know dog on people who do that, but I'm just saying when you have this, I don't understand why you wouldn't choose this. What? I guess my response to to that or my add addition to that would be. The ability to come in uh, six months in and go drive, which a lot of these young guys are at, yeah. that's something that's really special. You know, you're coming in and you're making over $20 an hour um, with full benefits, with $11 an hour. Actually, I think it might be $12 an hour now into your pension. Yeah. Um, and, you know, these young guys that are coming in, they're, 22, 23, they're going to be able to retire fat. They're going to be able to retire fat. And they didn't have to to go through everything that we had to. But I almost wonder if that's not uh, – a lot of people look at that as a blessing, but I almost wonder if that's something that that we want to talk about right now. I, 
I think it's a Trojan horse. Yeah, I agree. I think it's a Trojan horse because a lot of us became teamsters in the warehouse mm-hmm. after a few years. Yeah. So we're getting these people coming in six months driving. They don't know what it means to be a teamster just yet. Just yet. Absolutely. So they have the mindset of being a crusher. My boss said, I got to go fast. Yeah. My boss said, I got to go help you because you're slow. Right. What do you mean I'm slow? There's 350 methods. And just seeing that now. Yeah. That's what we heard earlier. But just by seeing how your truck's parked, your mirror is not even folded in. So I doubt you follow the methods as well. Right. Uh, and, And that's not to say that these new kids that are coming in are by any means. Um, less capable to be great teamsters than, you know, anyone else. But I do think that we have to think about how do we, through this medium, guide, educate, um, and, and get these folks to understand what it actually means to be a good teamster. Uh, I, we mentioned it earlier and we kind of laughed about it, but we were talking about better, not bigger, which is UPS's new... Uh, slogan, or as I like to see it, their new um, nice way to say that they're going to downsize. And when I look at the words better, not bigger, the company's version of better is how can we get these workers to go faster? How can we make them more productive and more efficient? But when I look at better from a Teamster perspective. It's how can I provide better customer service? How can I get to know you, the customer, get to know your dog, right? I mean, we always joke about it, but there is a a group called UPS Dogs. You can go and look at UPSers hanging out with dogs. It's really cute. Um, How do we get to the point where every package that is coming through there is treated with respect, like it's your own package. I see too many new people coming in and throwing packages. Nothing incites me more than watching people throw packages. And when I go up to them, they say, well, I'm only making $16 an hour. What do you expect? Bro, that's double what we made starting off. That's the thing where you're talking about the respect for what you got. I think all of us started out at eight bucks an hour, you know, busting our ass. I came into work my first full week, and every night I got home plastered in the lazy boy. I ain't going in tomorrow. Three, four o'clock rolls around, getting ready to come back. I guess I'll go do it today. Same thing for a month. It kills you. And then, um, you do what it takes because you know what you got. You got your pension you're going to be working for. You got the awesome like health benefits and everything that you're working at. Those are hard to give up. A lot of young people probably got to listen right now. Those are irreplaceable. And uh, then you just do what it takes. You go get that second job. You go get that third yep. job, whatever it takes, so that you can put food on the table today but you can secure better tomorrow, like Marcelo's talking about. You make, you might get three, four, ten dollars an hour in a raise by going to work at a different warehouse or doing this, and only have to have one job. 
where's that put you? Where's your five-year plan? Where's your 10-year plan? Where's your retirement plan? Exactly. And we go into making full-time and drivers throwing the packages, being not perfect at their job, putting stuff in mailboxes when somebody expects it at their front door. And they forgot all of that because they didn't have to do the time. They did six months and then they're driving and they think the whole world over here is roses and rainbows. Jason, you were talking about two jobs, right? You guys both work two jobs too, right? Yeah. Or, yeah, or, or, or more. Time. So the people probably want to know who we are a little bit. Yeah. Know what kind of bullshit we went through to get to where we are and to be the, the handsome, suave individuals that are, you know, we all have faces for radio, so that's nice. But what did you have to go through before you became a driver? What were the hardships that you had to go through to to get to where you are today? I mean, I know for me, and, you know, Jason can speak to this because we've known each other for a long time, but I was working three jobs at one point. I was working well over 100 hours to try and make ends meet. And I'm not saying that to be braggadocious. I'm not saying that to, um, you know, I, I think that anyone who brags about working 100 hours is insane. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things never change. Huh? Some things never change. We all had to go through the ringer to finally get to drive. That was like the big thing for us. Yeah. Can't um, wait for these guys to retire. Can't wait for yeah. these guys to retire. Like, what is going on? And we'd go up and we'd ask them, hey, you're, you're retiring this year, right? <laughs> oh, no, I think I might wait another year. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. So, um, you know, what were your guys' experience coming up through the hub, you know, having to deal with the the two-job life? That was me for sure. Started at 18, worked UPS in another job. Then shortly after that, it was another job full-time, 50 hours, plus whatever UPS wanted to throw on the plate on top of it. Um, then comes the kids, so then oh, there's yeah, even more the hours wow. to throw in there. So Obstacles. It, obstacles. Two, three jobs, 80, 100 hours a week. You know, try to fit in everything else at the same time. That's why I still just, don't have kids. Just to, <laughs> just to make those ends meet. Yeah, same here, Jason. You know, I went through that too. Um, I remember coming in and trying to work. We used to have what's called doubles. You can come in and work two part-time shifts. And uh, thanks to our contract, you make overtime after five. So there's incentive, you know, because the dollar amount increases. And I was doing that. I would even come in and work preload. Um, I hated that shift. I hated waking up that early in the morning and I was just out of it. But uh, if I could, I'd always get a day shift because my home shift was night. And then when they cut doubles, you know, that definitely affected me and a lot of other people. So, you know, I went and got a job at the food bank delivering food, you know, and then they'd call me again for doubles a few months in after having this new job. And then I'd try to get all my deliveries done for this place so I can come back into UPS and make that that double shift, you know, and those are the kind of hoops you jump through for that incentive. And, uh, you know, thank you teamsters for the incentive. Are you crazy enough to, uh, pull a triple? (laughs) Nah, that wasn't me, man. Nah, not with the two jobs. No way. You were working two jobs too, though. I was, I was, um, my uh, job before this, I was, uh, my morning job, I was a management. So I had to be at the warehouse at 5 a.m dark side (laughs) and uh it's tough 
worked from five to almost five, went into twilight, and sometimes worked almost up to midnight because I didn't have the seniority to go home early. Yeah, I didn't. But you know what? The way I saw it, I have um, the reason I became a driver is because I have an uncle who is a semi driver, and my mom's like, "Look, your aunt's living, you know, at home." Uh, stay-at-home wife. They live good. Like, don't you want that? And I had my dad another year. No. Go to the police academy. Follow my footsteps. My other uncle. Mm. No, become a lawyer like me. Go to law school. And you start figuring out, wait, one requires student loan debt that's going to be way more than a house. The other one requires very little money. And you probably get shot at. Putting your life on the line. And I said, um, no student loan, six figures. Why wouldn't I want to become a UPS driver? So Exactly. I literally did one semester at community college. And I was going into the radio, radiologic technology field. And uh, I was looking at what they make top scale. And I was looking at what a driver makes top scale. And there was like a $20,000 difference at the time. And I just decided to stick it out. Yeah. That's that's it. We all we were all going through this storm because uh, we knew it was gonna be sunny at the other end. I didn't even know what UPS was when I applied. I mean, I knew what it was, but I didn't realize all the things that it had. I just needed a job. I I just moved up here from uh Sacramento. I know, I know you guys are gonna hate me. I'm a California transplant. But um once you get in here into this crazy world, into this Teamster world, you realize I realized halfway through my college education that I didn't need it. You know, there was opportunities abound where I could move up, make a good wage for me and my family without having to pay a ton of student loan debt, which in today's America isn't going away. You know, they'll, they'll all make promises that it will, but it's not going to go away. So, um, Teamster jobs are where it's at. I agree. That I agree. was me right there. School, going to TMCC, got a few semesters deep, life comes up. You got to choose if you want food on your table right now or to keep going to school. Kind of hit that fork in the road, decided to stick it out at UPS and I look back now, one of my good friends is a physical therapist. He makes bank, but at the same time, he has a lot more debt than I do. So yeah. he's got to deal with that every single day. And we're not there. We don't have that. Don't have to worry about it. I remember working with supervisors that were going to college and uh, they would finally get their degree. And they'd be like, I'm out of here. Once I get this degree, I'm out of here. And I'd be seeing them like a year later, like, what happened? Uh, you know, there's not a lot of people hiring in this field and different things like that. And not to knock them, you know, they worked hard. They got their degree. That's admirable. But, you know, if you would have just banked on UPS, you banked on your Teamster gig, you'd be doing all right. Mm-hmm. I agree. I think the most self-sufficient and best in their life right now is probably sitting in this room as far as the people that I know. They work for UPS. Yeah. Everyone everyone that works for UPS 
for the most part, has very little debt, has a house, has a vehicle that actually runs, right? Uh, has money in the bank and is planning for retirement. And if you guys are listening to this podcast and you're not doing that, start thinking about doing that because you make enough to be able to save beyond just the pension for your own retirement. Absolutely. Um, one thing, I don't know if, when, if you guys are out on route, you guys notice this, but reality hits me when I am delivering. I'll go to apartment complexes, not to knock on anybody that lives there, but I will see FedEx drivers walking up. And I'll be like, oh, hey, what's up, man? Like, just got off work, man. Busy day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm so happy to be a teamster because I'm not trying to knock on nobody. But this guy's complaining about a busy day. He's off most likely salary. And he probably has to budget like crazy. And is living in an apartment. Yes. We have a lot of guys who are living in an apartment. But for the most part, once you hit top scale, once you've put in your time, those guys are looking for houses, homes. Yeah. Even oh, in today's market. more for his apartment than you do your house. You I know. Remember that. Yeah. And, you know, about the FedEx thing, um, and again, not knocking them, but you talk to them and they're like, hey, I heard you guys get this. I heard you guys get that. And, uh, you know, you just kind of humbly be like, yeah, man, you know, if you ever want to apply, let me know. I could put in a good word for you. But uh, they're looking at us like this is the cream of the crop. We know that you guys are getting more and we're out here doing the same work that you are day yeah. in, day out. We've heard a lot of rumors recently that the uh, Amazon drivers are so underpaid and and so screwed up that they are delivering Uber Eats at the same time that they are delivering Amazon packages. If That's that doesn't wild. put That's you, sad. yeah, if that doesn't put you in the right state of mind for what Teamsters do for you, I don't know what else does. I'll yeah. go back to FedEx, like you were saying, Marcelo is. I'm doing a business route, going about my pickups, just cruising along, and FedEx driver whips around, he pulls in to, uh, he pulls into a dock delivery, well pickup I guess, and he's just over there, and I'm thinking. You guys don't know, UPS, we always back up first, so we're straight to get out of there. And so he just mobs in, nose first, gets out, and then he's looking around all crazy to get out of there because he doesn't know if he's going to hit something. So much has changed. And I stopped, and I had the same pickup at that point. And so kind of walk over, and I just see him just like, bro, no wonder we make so much more than you. It says it all right there. Like just training mentality everything yeah and that brings up a good point too like us being teamster for they always teach you it's it's a shield it's not a sword you know this isn't an adversary type environment that we're trying to create but what do you have pride in your job do you have pride in being a teamster do you have pride in doing quality work and uh you know if i'm out there making 15 bucks an hour and that's you know maybe in a couple years i'll make 17 I'm sorry, but I'm not going to have as much pride as being a teamster. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, For real. at the end of the day, the, 
the thing that I want every Teamster that's listening to this podcast to remember is that Teamsters have pride. Teamsters work hard. Otherwise, you wouldn't still be a Teamster. These jobs are difficult jobs. Yep. Those are big facts. One thing with us, you know, talking UPS, UPS, if you're on here, if you're listening to us and you're from a different barn, um, I just want to assure you that we do plan on getting people in from waste management at some point, um, getting people in from these different crafts. From the bus company, from yeah. the from the construction uh, industry. Yeah, we plan on getting a lot of a lot of branching out and outreach. You know, we're all UPSers, but yeah. We're just getting started, and I misspoke, not if you're from a different barn, but if you're from a different craft. Mm -hmm. You know, we do want to get different crafts on here. Um, it's not all UPS, UPS. Uh, we're going to finish off this podcast. Thanks for listening to our new one. Um, anything you guys want to add to it before we say goodbye? I'm sure we touched on a lot of subjects, um, but just because we briefly touched on it doesn't mean we're not going to get more in-depth. Uh, we want to hear back from people who are listening. Uh, we're going to put a link for, you know, where you can email questions, comments, uh, get a little interactive with you folks. Yeah, I'm excited for where this podcast is going to go. I'm excited to interact with everyone. Um, I look forward to many, many more of these. Yeah, this is our first one, too. Exciting. First one, excited. Woo! Hope who remembers their first time? We, we should timestamp this. <laughs> <laughs> Just like our first time, we're a little nervous. A little nervous. Don't know if we're going to perform well, right? No. We're, we're, I'm talking about podcasting. No, podcasting. <laughs> I don't know what you guys are talking about. I'm hope. No, Get your uh, minds out of the gutter. They are out the gutter. <laughs> yep. What do we All got day. coming up next, though, Jason? Uh, next time, we're going to be talking about new drivers, new hires, understanding more in depth of what you're up for, what you're up against, what can be there for you. So Look forward to it. Yeah, and especially uh, a lot of new drivers who may have, you know, like planned a family sometime in the future, especially letting them know how great our health care is and other benefits that we offer, right? Absolutely. All right, guys. All right. Thank Peace. you for listening. Thanks for Until listening. Bye. Bye.